How do you build a business that is not constantly struggling to find clients? It's the million dollar question and I believe I have the answer and all month long I'm going to be sharing different ways that you can build your authority machine so that you never have to look for clients again. I talk about building an authority machine a lot because it is the third phase of the three-pronged approach to building a no BS agency. Building an authority machine is key because it's the phase where we create systems and a strategy so that we are constantly being seen by more people and they are able to evaluate who we are, get to know us, get to love us, and then want to hire us and pay us money. And all of that can happen without you actually being in the room. So if you build an authority machine, you will have created an ecosystem and an environment where new people can come in every single day and get to know you actually really well, feel like they know you like a a dear friend, and yet it won't take up any more of your time. And it's the only way that I've found that you can build a business that is sustainable and that will actually bring in clients for the long term. So today, I wanted to start by just sharing a little bit about my own story with this. You're listening to the No BS Agency Podcast. We talk strategies that can take your one to two person branding agency from $5,000 to $30,000 per month without hiring employees or working your ass off. All you have to do is cut the BS. I am Pia Silva. If you met me recently or came into my world in the last couple of years, you probably think that I love to be in front of the camera. Oh man, this woman has photos everywhere. There are videos of Pia Silva everywhere. I am on every podcast. If you search Pia Silva, I come up on the first, second, third, fourth page. I own the SEO for my name. It probably seems like I'm just a natural when it comes to being on stage and wanting to be seen. You probably think I was always the person who wanted to be the lead in the play you know, growing up, but nothing could be farther from the truth. And so I want to share with you today, not just how I started on this authority train, but also the first thing that you need to decide and you need to figure out if you want to build an authority machine. Because what you don't know is that before 2016, there were almost no pictures of me online. There were no videos of me. I was a silent participant on Facebook. I was a lurker on Facebook because I was shy. I had stage fright. Even though I grew up performing as a dancer, I always hated the performing part of it. So I danced my whole life and when you dance, you know, as a kid, you go to class and you do a lot of practice and it's always for this recital at the end of the semester. So I've done a lot of recitals and I was also in a lot of school musicals in high school. I was always a a dancer in those musicals, hated when they gave me even a one word line. I just hated anything that required me to stand out on stage. And when we would do these recitals, it was like the last thing I wanted to do. I just couldn't wait to get it over with. 
fast forward to starting my own business and I started networking in the beginning to get clients and oh my goodness, how scary was that? Going to networking events and having to stand up in front of a room full of people and say who I was and my business. I mean, I would literally shake. And you know how in networking groups, the idea is that you're sitting there listening to what everyone else is saying. Well, I'm going to admit right now that I would spend the entire time before I had to get up just thinking about what I was going to say. And I was not listening to anyone because I was just so concerned with my own little speech that I was going to give. So I was terrified. So how does somebody go from terrified, not wanting to be seen, not wanting to be heard, not wanting to post photos of yourself. I was never somebody who was sharing everything that was going on in my life on social media. How do you go from that to being Pia Silva that I am now, where there are hundreds of videos of me talking. There are hundreds of podcast episodes of me being interviewed and photos and all of this stuff. What had to happen to make that transformation? Well, it's the same thing that you're going to need to do if you want to build a business that brings you more and more better clients without you having to hustle for years to come. And the very first thing that I needed to do was I needed to decide that I wanted to do this. And it was a very intentional decision. And I remember when it happened, it was a couple months before I had finished writing my book. This was in mid-2016. And I was starting to think about how I was going to market my book and why was I even writing this book. The answer to that being I always wanted to write a book, right? Bucket list. I wanted to go through the self-publishing process myself so I could get to know it and then maybe advise my clients on it a little bit better. But most importantly, I wanted people to respect what I had to say and listen to me. And I felt like writing a book was the best way to do that. Well, if I wanted people to read my book so that they listened to me and saw me as an authority on the topic that I sell, which is branding, then I would need people to read this book. And if I wanted people to read this book, I was going to have to market it. And if I was going to market this book, I had to figure out what was the best way to market it so that the most people would actually want to read it. And that was when this whole decision was made because I realized at that moment that I was going to have a much easier time marketing my book and getting people to actually want to read it if I personally put myself out there. This was also the time when I realized I'm going to need to have some sort of presence online. That is when I started my Instagram account just for this book launch. So I started it at the end of 2016 and I said, I'm going to have to build an Instagram following as quickly as possible so that when I launch this book in five or six months, I actually have people to launch it too. So I decided I'm going to go all in on building this Instagram account and showing my face. And that's when I called my dear friend, John D'Amato. Now, he was somebody that I had met at the time just a few months prior. He had been taking photos of an event that I was speaking at, or I think I was on a panel. So he was the events photographer. And he took some pretty great photos of me on stage, which I really appreciated because it's really hard to get photos of people when they're speaking. You know, everyone looks so awkward. But he got a couple of great shots of me, and I remembered that. And they were really helpful. And so at the time, he wasn't my great friend, obviously. I just met him. And so I I called him up and I said, John, I think I need a bunch of photos because I don't have any photos of myself because I don't really like photos. I don't even want to take these photos because 
I don't like photos of myself. So what am I going to do? And he said, don't worry, Pia, I got you. And that is the first photo shoot that I ever did of myself for the purpose of building my authority. And we spent all day together. I changed my clothes 15 times. We changed locations a bunch of times. We did this at my office. We went outside. We were in the hallway. We were in the basement. We were on the landing, on the street. We went everywhere because I wanted lots of different photos because I imagined that I would need a lot of great, high-quality photos if I was going to build this perception of me online and if I was going to show myself and who I was. So even though I hated showing my face, even though I wasn't comfortable being in front of the camera or being seen, I had a greater purpose. And it was that I needed to get this book in front of people and I needed to get them interested in reading it. And that gave me that first spark of motivation to do this photo shoot and to actually just get over myself and say, you know what? I'm going to make this happen because I have a bigger reason for it to happen. So we do the photo shoot and we get the photos back. A couple months pass and it becomes time to figure out what we're going to do with the cover of the book. And this is something I spoke about in my TED Talk. If you haven't seen it, you should go uh, Google my TED Talk because this was another big moment for me in deciding what kind of brand I was going to be. And Steve designed this book cover and he pulled a photo from the photo shoot photos that we had. And it was actually, I think it was like the last photo we took of the day. I mean, at that point I was delirious. I was feeling like goofy and silly. And I took this photo and Steve put it on the cover and he said, this looks awesome. You know, other people told us that I shouldn't put my photo on the cover because it didn't look like the kinds of authoritative books that were out there. Like they used Malcolm Gladwell as an example. All these books that had just words and maybe a little drawing. This one woman in particular in PR, she said, you shouldn't put your photo on it. You want this book to present in a certain category. But I had to ignore her because I thought, what is the purpose of this book? The purpose of this book is to build my authority. It's so that people see me as an expert. So what is the best way for me to connect with people so that they don't just read this book and hopefully love it, but they read this book and love it and connect it with me and see me as the originator of this these ideas. And I decided the best way to do that was to have my face big and bold on this cover so that anytime somebody had it lying around or on their bookshelf or they even just saw it, they instantly recognized me. So I went against professional advice and I put my face on the cover. I did everything I could for the next few months to build my following. I built my following on Instagram to 10,000 people in a couple of months, which you couldn't do anymore, but I did it then. And I prepared for the book launch. It's a whole different episode to explain what I did for that book launch. But when I launched the book, I was able to get it into the hands of at least a few hundred people. And then I just continued to market it, market it. Within a month or two, I was contacted by producers at AMC and asked if I wanted to do a pilot with the rapper 50 Cent, who was pitching them a show about entrepreneurs and helping early stage entrepreneurs. And I was going to be the branding expert. Now, I share that because, first of all, that was so cool and so fun. It made me a little scared at first, but 
after I talked to them a bit and I realized that it wasn't a reality show where I was going to compete, but I was actually being brought on as the expert, that made me feel a lot better. And then actually filming that pilot over a couple of days in New York City with 50 Cent was just such a fun experience. And it made me feel like, oh, I could really do this. Now, unfortunately, the show didn't get picked up, but it made me realize that I got that opportunity because I had put just a few months of energy into being seen everywhere. I had all these professional photos of myself out there. I looked the part. I had this book. It had a brand. I was on all these podcasts. I was marketing the crap out of myself (laughs) for those couple of months. And that was enough to get the eye and attention of this producer. So that just imagine that. That was so little time. It was a lot of effort, but it didn't take that long. And to me, what really made that happen was the intention behind it. I said, yes, I'm, I'm ready to turn on the faucet. I'm ready to go from no name. I'm scared. I don't want to be seen. Please don't look at me to, all right, I guess I'm going to build this authority brand. I'm going to build a Pia Silva brand and I'm going to make her someone that people see, listen to, respect. That was a very conscious decision. Was it easy? No. It was incredibly challenging. It brushed up on all my insecurities over and over and over again. At the same time, I was still running some Facebook ads for my previous boot camp program. And I started using these professional photos in the ads. And people are so mean (laughs) online. I would get these haters commenting on these ads that had my face on them. And it is so hard not to take that stuff personally. But you know what I did that made it, I'm not going to say it made it easier, but it made it bearable and tolerable. The whole time I was doing this, I was also getting professional coaching and I was surrounding myself with other entrepreneurs who were doing similar things so that when something hurt or when something stung or when I felt insecure or scared or like, I just want to shrivel up and just take all of this stuff down. And who am I to put all these photos of myself up? And gosh, I hope people that I grew up with don't think I'm vain, right? Like these are all thoughts that I had. Anytime I had those thoughts, I would tell my colleagues or I would tell my coaches and they would help remind me, Pia, why are you doing all of this? You know, what's the purpose of putting yourself out there like this? And I would remind myself, oh, because I have something really important to share and I really want to help people succeed. And it's really hard to help people when they don't believe you or they don't respect your opinion or they don't have any reason to trust what you say. I need them to trust me so I can show them the way. And if I have to get over myself and get over my insecurities in order to do that, well, I guess it's worth it to me. So that is the story of how I started my authority brand. And in the next few weeks, I'm going to share in more detail what it looks like to actually build that brand over time, what kinds of things I did that helped catapult this and make this go faster, and what things I wish I had done that I am now teaching my students and my clients to do now. There is definitely a faster way to do it. And now that I've gone through the entire process, 
I know that if I went back and did it again, I could do it in a fraction of the time. And those are some of the strategies that I'm going to be talking about this month. So stay tuned. This is all I've got for you today. I will talk to you next week. If you love this podcast, if you love this episode, I would be grateful if you would share it with a friend who would benefit or better yet on Instagram in your stories and tag me at Pia Loves Your Biz. It really is the best way for others to find out about the show. And I thank you in advance for your help. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll be back next week with more no BS tips for your agency so you can find more profit, ease, and freedom. The No BS Agency podcast is produced by Yellow House Media. Coordinator is Lou Blazer. This episode is edited by Marty Seafelt. Creative direction by Sean and Tara McMullen. Our theme music is Knock 'em Down by The Shrugs. 